Redemption, the podcast. My name is Daniel Arona, and just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. I hope you've had a great week. I hope that you have rung in the new year safely, and I hope and pray that each one of us has a prosperous new year in the Spirit. Amen. That we can go deeper with Christ, that we can grow in Christ and at a rate into a level that we've never been before, and that we can really grow into the measure and stature of who he is. Amen. So today we're going to talk about being led by the Spirit and what it is to really be pulled by the Spirit, or as I like to call it, kind of an unction, if you will. We kind of talked last week about why it's so important to be led by the Spirit, and it is because, one, it establishes our our sonship, right, or our daughtership, um, and really shows that we are the sons of God. Why? Because we're following what our Father wants us to do by the leading of the Spirit. And that's what's important, you know, and then especially for those of us that are are new in Christ um, and maybe are just now learning and and don't really know um, how to be led by the Spirit in Christ, it becomes even more important because what happens is that the enemy in your flesh can cause you to go one way while the Spirit wants you to go another way. And if you don't understand what it is to be led by the Spirit, it's very easy to get derailed. Now, God will always give us opportunities to get back on on the right road. That's the way God is. He is gracious. He is merciful. But we can save ourselves a whole lot of heartache if we take the right road from the beginning. Unfortunately, not being taught how to be led by the Spirit has left a lot of Christians in pitfalls and in traps that could have very easily been avoided. So that's what this whole series is about. It's about the basic foundational teaching of how to be led by the Spirit and how to follow what the Spirit has in your life. And it's so important because it keeps us on the right road and it keeps us in the will of God. And more importantly, the scripture says that we it's important that we walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time for the days are evil and understanding what the will of God is in our life. The only way to understand what the will of God is in our life is to follow the leading of the Lord, follow the leading of his spirit, and follow the leading of the things that he wants to do. So before we get started and before we kind of go into our base scripture here, we have just a couple of housekeeping items. First and foremost, just a reminder that our scripture comes from the New King James Version. If you need a a hard copy of the New King James Version, just email me at pathtoredemptionohio at gmail.com. I will make sure I get one into your hands. The other thing here, again, don't take just take my word for it. Study to show yourself approved. Look at scriptures that will show you the leading of the Spirit, that will show you how things are done and 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 those things because it, it's so important. I really can't reiterate it enough that if you're not going to be led by the Spirit, there's a way that seems right into a man, but the ends there are destruction. But if we can follow the leading of the Spirit and we can get the mind of Christ on things, which we have the mind of Christ, then we should be able to follow his leading and really see what we have going on here. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 8. And we're going to talk through in in verse 12, and it's going to be our base scripture here. And it says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. 
if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Amen. So we kind of talked a little bit already about how being led by the Spirit of the Lord really kind of establishes our sonship or our our daughtership, if you will, of being an heir and a joint heir with Christ and having Christ as our big brother and being a child of God. Amen. So what are we going to talk about in terms of unction here? And we're going to take a look at a scripture in in Mark chapter 1. And we're really going to kind of look at starting at verse nine, and we're going to take a look at the baptism of Jesus Christ and then what happens immediately after that. So to kind of set the stage here, John the Baptist is out. He is preaching in the wilderness by the river Jordan. He's saying, repent and be baptized. But there's another one that's going to come that, you know, while I baptize you in water, he will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. And, and so immediately as Jesus comes up, John recognizes him and then Jesus is then baptized and the Holy Spirit descends upon him as a dove. But let's take a look at it in Mark chapter 1 and verse 9. And it says, It came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Immediately, the Spirit drove him into the wilderness, and he was there in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan, and was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. Now, we see here that the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. Now, that Greek word there is ekbalo, which literally means to cast out or drive. Which, if you think about it, is is anything, or cast out and, and push out, right? Which is interesting. Now, the book of Mark shows Jesus as the servant. And that's sometimes what you have to do with servants, right? You kind of have to push them and guide them and lead them. But very similarly here is how we are led by the Spirit, right? Because if you remember the point of salvation, and when you came to the to the cross of Jesus Christ, what you had is you had a pooling in your spirit or a pooling in your belly. You got the butterflies in your belly. Like, you know, if you were at church, like I need to get out of the pew and I need to go and I need a salvation. And you walked up to the altar, you know, and someone led you and led you into Christ. So it starts with the belly because out of our rivers will shall flow or out of our bellies shall flow rivers of living water. Okay. So this, the belly houses where your spirit is and you start feeling those butterflies, if you will. I also like to call it kind of an unction that there's an action that you're supposed to do. Okay. In this particular case, it was the spirit that pushed Jesus Christ to the wilderness in terms of salvation. Oftentimes it's the spirit. Of, it's that spirit that will push us up out of the pew. And I've heard a lot of people say that, you know, I, I remember taking the first step, but I don't remember any step after that because at that point the spirit takes over and then you begin to go. So let me give you some personal examples here of that in my own life. I, I remember when I was 16 years old and I pulled out my old Navy orange, wallet. Look, it was the early 2000s. So let me be. All right. And I opened it up and it was time to give, you know, they were taking up offering and there's 20 in my wallet. Now I had my gas light had come on, on the way to church. And I remember looking at that 20 and I'm like, man, I don't know. I really need gas, but you know, but then something started welling up in my spirit. I started getting the butterflies and then they began to grow and grow and grow until literally I couldn't take it anymore. So even though my gaslight was on, even though this was my last 20 until I got paid, 
I went ahead and I gave it, right? And the reason was because I felt the unction, I felt that pooling of the Holy Spirit to give it. Now, I gave that 20 and I had nothing left. So <laughs> I went home and I remember thinking, oh man, how am I going to get to work tomorrow? How am I going to do this? And so I go home and I walk in, I, I talk to mom and mom's like, hey, there's some money on you f- in the mantle from your Aunt Gert. Um, she was said to give it to you for gas money. And lo and behold, on that mantle was $40. So not only was it more than what I had in my wallet to begin with, but it was enough to get me gas and even some lunch money through the rest of the week. And that's what's so amazing about God. So by being led by the Spirit, basically he doubled what happened and what would have what I would have had just by being led by his spirit. So that's what unction can do. So if we're following him and the will of him, then we know that all things will work together for good for them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Now, there's also a side of faith here too that has to go with this. Because very easily I could have overridden the script overridden the spirit and not given that money and then led been left with just my twenty dollars. But because I gave that money, and I truly believe it, because I gave, then God rewarded me following his spirit and takes care of me. Remember, because he told the disciples that he would take care of all of their needs according to his riches and glory, which I needed gas money to get to work. And and ultimately, he took care of that need after being led by his spirit and after following his unction. Amen. So when we feel that pull, what ends up happening is at first, you may not be sure. And it may not be like, man, I don't know if that's me. I don't know if that's just me in my own head or what's happening. So the thing that I always tell people to do at that point is wait, wait, be careful about whether it's God wanting you to do it or not. And I'm going to give you another example here. I, I just preached a message at the church I was pastoring at the time. And and uh, my parents and I, and, and some members of the congregation decided to go to Frisch's right down the road. And we're at Frisch's at night and And our waitress is there, and she's taking our order, and I feel led to begin to pray for her. But I'm not 100% sure. I'm like, no, this is just me. You know, I don't want to make a scene here in the middle of Frisch's and and those things. I just don't feel like it's right. Okay, so she she goes back. She gets our drinks. I see her again, and suddenly I get more butterflies in a greater pool. Right. So then I start thinking, no, this isn't right. I, you know, I, I'm just not 100% sure if I'm supposed to be, if I'm really supposed to pray for her or not. Then when she brings our food, it becomes almost overwhelming. So I begin to start eating my meal and I'm just not feeling right. I don't even think I ate half of it. She came back to check on us. And at that point, the leading of the spirit had become so overwhelming that I just asked her, I said, I said, ma'am, do you mind if I pray for you? I was like, I just feel a tremendous leading of the Lord to pray for specific direction for you. That a certain pathway will open up for you and that we close all the other doors because there's a decision that you have to make that you really need some guidance on. So we prayed for her. We did that. And lo and behold, she was really struggling about what her next steps were going to be in her education. She didn't know where to go. She didn't know what to do. And that's ultimately what God wanted us to pray for. So the leading of the spirit in that manner, I waited, I waited until I was ashore. And then once it opened up, she was more than willing to be prayed for. And oftentimes it's our own fear that gets in the way. If we're not fearful of what to do with Christ, then what ends up happening is that we can step out and really help people and really pray for people and help them and allow the spirit to work in their own life. Amen. Now, so that's one example here of being kind of pushed out as a servant to do what God wants you to do. I was reluctant in both of those situations. 
you know, and that's, that was a that's the thing, right? Is that when you're reluctant, sometimes God has to give you a nice little shove in the back to, to get you to do that. But when you're pulled by that unction and you're pulled by that spirit, God will reward you and God will reward you as a son or a daughter, right? Not necessarily as the servant, but as a son or a daughter would be. Now we're going to look at the same story here from the book of Matthew. And we're going to, Matthew uses a little bit of a different word here. And in Matthew chapter four and verse one, it says, then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So here, Matthew uses a different word, and this one is anago, which literally means to be brought up, okay? To be brought up to almost like offered, if you will. Now, Matthew looks at Christ as Christ the king, right? So he has to be brought up into the wilderness in order to be tempted to be tempted by Satan. Now, oftentimes that can happen to us too, right? When we're brought up into a certain position or brought up into a certain place in order for God's will to be done. You know, and now I'm going to give you an example of my mom here. So when my my mom was, uh, was at home and something in the spirit told her to get to Value City. My, If you know my mom, she loved to shop. She loves to shop. So going to Value City when she... She would admittedly say that she didn't have the money necessarily to go to Value City, um, you know, is is a big temptation for her to begin with. But she went to Value City, according to the leading of the spirit, and ultimately the spirit tells her to go to the shoe aisle. Now, if you know my mom, my mom loves shoes. So the shoe aisle, again, is a greater temptation. But what, what my mom meets in the shoe aisle at Value City is a woman who's crying and who's in pain. And my mom ministers to that woman, all because the Lord sent her there and brought her up to that location to ultimately minister to that woman. And that's the way that we should be as well. We should be allow the Lord to bring us to locations if we feel led to go somewhere or led to do something in a, in a certain area. Then we should allow God to lead us, allow God to bring us to that area, and then go and do what God has for us. Amen. Now, there's a couple of things I need to tell you here, too, about being led by the unction or being led by that pulling. Outside of salvation, God will not use that pulling alone for any major decisions. And what do I mean by that? I mean major decisions that are going to impact the path of your whole life, who you're going to marry, where you're going to live, you know, whether you should take a new job or not, or where you should apply or anything like that. Now, he may use that to be another aspect of him telling you from other ways, but he's not going to use that alone to drive you and to have you go one way or another. He'll use other ways, dreams, speaking to you directly, words of knowledge, words of prophecy from other people, you know, to help confirm you. Now, the great thing about, about being led by the pulling and letting and being led by the spirit in this way is that, is that when you're led this way, you know, there's always two witnesses out of everything. The first witness in this particular case is the spirit. The spirit is leading you and you know it and you know what you need to do. The second witness is yourself because it needs to bear witness with your spirit. Now, here's the other thing I would tell you too, is that you can override this feeling. First Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 20 or 32 through 33 says, and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Now, Paul here is talking about order in church meetings and saying, you know, not everyone can prophesy, you know, but 
people can override the leading of the spirit and override what the spirit tells them to do in their own in their own flesh, or they can just override it and not do it. And I'm going to give you a perfect example of this. And honestly, it's this podcast. Why? Because when I felt led to start this podcast back in March, that's when I started feeling a leading about it and started feeling, man, I probably need to explore this. I need to, to really take a look at it. And I asked my wife and I talked to her and, and, you know, we both kind of felt led for me to start this, but what did I do? I didn't. Now you can call it laziness, you can call it slothfulness, but I'm going to tell you right now, it had nothing to do with either one of those things. My biggest concern was how people would view me in listening to this podcast because of the way I believe and the way that, that things work in the spirit and the foundational teaching that God really wanted me to bring. That was the fear. So over the next six months, God works on me to frankly just not care about it anymore, which I don't. Honestly, what I preach and what I teach here, to me, it's how I live my life. I'm not going to preach or teach anything that I don't live by myself and that I don't follow myself. Why? Because it's hypocritical, one. And two, I'm going to be judged pretty heavily if I'm leading people in a path that I'm not walking. The other thing is that it's important foundational teaching that's not taught anywhere else, I don't think. At least not that I've heard. Not saying it's not out there somewhere, but I'm really trying to break this down for everyone so that they can really apply these things because I believe in a practical Christianity. Amen. But that aside, I didn't end up starting it until November. And what ended up happening was that friends of mine actually messaged me on Facebook and said, hey, we're really struggling for a church. We feel ostracized, but we really enjoyed listening to you and talking to you. And I, we played volleyball uh, on Tuesday nights and talking to you about about Christ and about about your beliefs and those types of things, you know. And we really kind of miss having those conversations because you know church has been an important part of our lives, but we just don't feel like we belong. And then that pushed me out, and then I got the leading very strongly again, and then I ended up talking to my mom about it. And she prays about it for me. And basically the Lord tells her to tell me, you know, to get the lead out, which basically means stop dragging your feet and do it. (laughs) You know, so this is a, a perfect example. I knew what I was supposed to do back in March. I didn't do it. Okay, why? Because I I had some fear issues. I had some things that I wasn't really sure of. And yes, I'm confessing my faults to all of you. But Eventually what happens is that God circles back through it after we work through some of those issues, right? So God circles back and then now it's time to start it. Okay. So that's the amazing thing about God, but we can override the leading of the spirit. And we have to understand that, that God will lead us. He will pull us and he will tug us, right? And we will feel led to pray for people. And I'll give you another example. I was at another restaurant and I saw a woman in a wheelchair and I felt led to pray for her in my spirit and I didn't do it. And the reason I didn't do it is because one fear, what if nothing happens? What if God doesn't do anything? You know, and all those thoughts started coming into my mind Two, how would I be perceived by that family, right? Coming in, praying for her, and they don't even know who I am, you know, but so that can help override. So I overrode the spirit on that. And the part of it is because my flesh felt fear and not, and I succumbed to the fear rather than the leading of the spirit. So The good thing about God, though, is that he gives you ample opportunities. Now, the next week, I had to pray for someone in Kroger. So I did. I prayed for that lady in Kroger, and, you know, 
as God led me in order to as as experience to overcome my fears in these areas. Now that was a few years back and something that I'm continually working on, or I should say that God's continually working on in me, but we can override the leading of the spirit. Now I don't recommend it because your life is a lot easier when you're when you're ministering to those people or when when God's leading you to do something if you just follow it. Um, but we can certainly override it. I'm going to give you one more example here. My grandma, she uh, she felt led by the Spirit to apologize to a deacon in the church where she had said some some things that weren't that weren't good. Um, but ultimately, what she did instead of apologizing, she grabbed the bottom of the pew. And she ended up breaking her nails because she was holding on to that pew so, so hard, you know, kind of rebelling against the leading of the spirit. Now, I don't, we talk about that. My grandma's past, she's up in heaven. Um, but we talk about that as a joke and as a, as an understanding of how stubborn that we can be sometimes in following the leading of the spirit. And when we're led by this unction or when we're led by this pooling, you know, God's ultimately trying to get us to step outside of who we are and step out of our comfort zone. When we're led to pray for other people, when we're led to go to a church or we're led to to visit here, we're led to go to this person or take food to these people, God's trying to get us out of our comfort zone. And it's kind of a first step, if you will. You know, when Peter was in the boat and he saw Jesus Christ walking upon the water, he said, Jesus, if it's you, bid me come. And that's a key there, right? Because what Jesus did, he said, come. So Peter gets out of the boat and he begins to walk on the water with Jesus Christ. Now, he said, if it's you, bid me come. Now, why is is that important? Because Peter had to be led by Jesus Christ to get out of the boat. You just don't get out of the boat and try and start walking on water. You got to be led by the Spirit of the Lord. You got to be led by Christ. So once Jesus pulled Peter out or said, Peter, come and led Peter out of the boat. Peter walked on water. It's when we're led by the spirit of Christ, that miracles can happen, that anything can happen in your life. But if you reject the leading of the spirit, that's where things can begin to unravel. I can't express this enough. Now, this is a foundational piece, right? This is a, this is the first step of anything, of any walk. When you're a child in Christ, when you're a babe in Christ, this is where God begins to teach you how to be led by your spirit. You're going to be pulled in your belly. You're going to feel like you should do something. My advice to you is pray about it and make sure it's God. If the feeling doesn't leave after, after a little bit, then it's God. If the feeling leaves after just a few minutes or even five minutes, then it's probably not God and it's probably something in your own flesh. Okay, and I've learned all this through experience, right? And that's why it's important to be led by the Spirit and understand how to be led by the Spirit. You know, because if we're not, then we will fall into numerous pitfalls. I'm going to leave you with this and then I'm going to be done. You know, I I heard one Christian tell me that, you know, they don't really, they aren't a big fan of young ministers, like ministers who are just now starting, you know, young preachers or young, young people who are just literally starting out in their relationship. And, and I asked the question why, and they told me, you know, it's not because they don't have a zeal because they want to do what's right. They want to do, do things that what God wants them to do. The problem is they just don't know. And they don't know how to be led by the Spirit. And they don't know how to minister to people. And they're not taught. You know, and that's that's really the basis here, right? Because as young people in Christ and as, as babes in Christ and children in Christ, it's very easy to make a mess of things. 
Now, luckily, God is graceful enough, and he's He's good enough to where, you know, you can, <laughs> he, he will fix it all, and he can make it all right. And that's the great thing about God, right? And we're allowed to make mistakes, but the teaching has to be there. So my advice here is that as you're learning to be led by the Spirit, ask someone that you trust who is an experienced Christian, someone that you know. If you want to, if you want to call me up, if you want to want to email me at pathtoredemptionohio at gmail.com and you want to and you want me to pray about something, I will respond. I will do that. I will try and be that sounding board for you as much as I possibly can because I'm here to to help you. Okay, but if you have someone else in your life that can that can help guide you in this, then lean on them. But make sure it's a Christian you trust and one that knows how to be led by the Spirit. I cannot tell you how important this foundation is, because next time we're going to talk about how God can lead us by visions and dreams. But this is the starting point, being led by that pool of the Spirit. Again, he's not going to have you make major decisions based upon the pulling of the Spirit. He's going to use other ways to communicate those. But it may be another witness to you, or it may be a true thing of an additional leading to kind of confirm everything that you have. If we can be faithful in this little thing, in this few things, right, then he will make us ruler over much. If we can follow his spirit by, you know, if we feel led to give that $20 in our wallet, or we feel led to pray for that server at Frisch's, or we feel, you know, led to do that thing, and we do it, then God will continue to grow us, and he will give us more opportunity to minister in the future, and he will give us more opportunity to be led by his spirit. Just one more quick reminder here. The last thing is that Everything that happens in the leading of the Spirit has to line up with Scripture. If it doesn't line up with Scripture, then we need to throw it out. Does God want us to pray and minister one to another? Absolutely. Does God want us to give to Him? Absolutely, right? Does God want us to be humble? Those things, absolutely. But if you feel led by the Spirit to do something that doesn't line up with Scripture— we need to throw it out because it's not God. It's either yourself or it's the enemy. Hey, I hope you got something out of this. I really, really, it's important because this is the foundation of what it means to be led by the Spirit. This is where God starts, and then he begins to grow it up eventually until we really hear that still small voice and really know the voice of the Lord. If you have any questions about it, just email me at pathtoredemptionohio at gmail.com. I'm really here to help you. I want to help guide you. I want to help lead you, and I want to help you in, in as many ways as I possibly can. So, with that, the song of the week this week, um, we are actually going to go way back into 1995, and it's a popular band, you know, even even by by Christian Sanders here, and it's Jars of Clay, and it's on their self-titled album, Jars of Clay, but it's called Love Song for a Savior. It basically is just a love song to Jesus Christ, and I absolutely love it. it it's a great tune. It's it's pretty laid back and chill, but you know, listen to it. You know, I, I hope you get as much out of it as I do. But it, it's a good song and one that just shows the love of that we have for God and the love that he has for us. And I love the Lord and I love who he is and I love everything about him. And he's done so much in my life and I just cannot thank him enough for all the things that he's done. So I hope you get something out of that song and and I hope you enjoy it. So, that wraps us up for this week. Next week, again, we're going to talk about being led by the Spirit in visions and dreams. I hope you have a great week, but just remember the simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. God bless.